Right on. Well, we are really, uh, we're privileged tonight to uh, um, have a dear friend. Uh, she is a, is a friend of my, a good friend of mine, but a good friend of our teams, a good friend of Resurgence, uh, probably for, I think, three years. I'm thinking it was December, three or four years ago that you spoke at a Salvation Army church in the north side. That was, I think, the first time. And so uh, we have met through a mutual friend and uh, just really excited. Every time she comes, she just brings such a timely word. And uh, just as part of us, you just you can feel it and just really believe in what she does and what she's a part of. And so why don't you give a warm welcome to Danielle Strickland tonight. Hey, thanks, guys. It's great to be with you. I, I really like you. It's true. I like you guys. And uh, actually, I was, uh, it's funny you brought that up because um, the first time I spoke at Resurgence at Castle Downs, uh, Salvation Army, I think it was, and I brought my son, Zion, who was only uh, nine, I guess, at nine or ten at the time, and we had just recently moved here. And uh, I brought him with me, and I bring him with me a lot when I speak around the world to different events all over the place, and he is really hard to impress. Like, he is the kid that hangs out in the green room because there's free food. <laughs> and if I have to, I mean, literally, I just had him in Ireland this year, and I brought him down for the final party at this event in Ireland, which is just kicking. Martin Smith was leading worship. There was, like, confetti everywhere. It was, like, out of control, crazy, charismatic. People had been healed, so they're jumping around. And Zion was reading his Kindle in the front row. I kid you not. He was just like, this is a really good part of my book, mom. <laughs> you cannot impress that kid. So I brought him with me to uh, resurgence actually. Um, uh, and actually that night went weird. I didn't actually in the end preach. I like recited words from William Booth's song or something crazy. I'm shocked you invited me back, but anyway, and, uh, it went all kind of like Heidi Baker on us and, um, except no one got raised from the dead, unfortunately. But anyway, and, uh, and we were driving home and he was playing his Game Boy the whole time, like in the third row, you know, and I was just, I would look over and he's just playing his Game Boy and I was just like, wow, you know, this kid, what are we going to do? And when I, I was driving home and I said, hey, I'll get you some, something from the drive-thru because I stayed a little longer than I meant to. And, um, and as we're going through the drive-thru, I said, hey, I had to go for you tonight, you know, thinking he would tell me about the latest level of his Game Boy <laughs> advance. And he said, uh, well, actually, mom, God spoke to me tonight. And it was one of the first times he's ever really communicated that way to me at an event like that. And I always sort of have this like deposited beautiful thing about resurgence because of the encounter. And I kind of feel like it's like that a bit, like rather than it be sort of a performance or a show, this community really is just about waiting around for God, which I think is really quite beautiful. And so he managed to have a great conversation with the Lord about his future and about what God wanted him to do. And he had, he had some questions for God that he told me he asked him. And he had this uh, kind of encounter with the Lord at Resurgence. It's always been a beautiful memory. I bring it up to him a fair bit, actually, about what God said. <laughs> do you remember when God, he's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm 12. Leave me alone. So anyway, uh, I esteem you highly in the Lord. I'm thankful for your community. Uh, and I, it's beautiful to watch you grow too, in depth and width, right? Beautiful to watch what the Lord wants to do. Just turn to someone beside you quickly and just say, you are pretty likable. <laughs> okay, first, the lesson, uh, first Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Yeah, you can just repeat after me. Now, may the God of peace make you holy, make you holy in every way. In every way? In every way. May the God of peace... I'm going to need you to say this like you mean it. I know you're all like chilled out and you already gave all your money and all that kind of stuff, but just say it like you mean it, okay? Now, may the God of peace... Okay, that's so much better. Now you're good looking and forceful. Make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body, this body, my body. That's really good over there. I seriously you could take that on the road. My body. Be kept blameless. <laughs> Until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. For he who calls you 
is faithful. Okay, that's some serious truth. I've been camping out on that verse for a long, long time. Uh, because God's really uh, spoken to me about um, what, where we're living and the times that we're living in and what God's calling us to be and who God's calling us uh, to become and what God is actually saying he wants to do inside of us and with us and through us. And, uh, you know, this has been sparked by a couple of things lately. Um, one is my son, uh, Judah. He has this really active imagination. He's five years old, and we're always, like, when we go out to the backyard, we're always, like, you know, hunting tigers. And when we go into his room, it's a galactic empire experience to the far reaches of the galaxy, you know, all these sort of things. And every now and then I'll say to Judah, you know, like, do you just want to go swimming, you know? And he'll look at me and kind of, you can see him like going, his little brain processing. And he'll say to me for real life, mom, for real life, you know? And I actually have been praying this to the Lord all the time. Whenever I read the scriptures and whenever I've been reading about what the Lord's saying to us, whenever I read a scripture like this, you know, may the God of peace sanctify you all the way through and through. Like, may God actually make you holy. And holy, of course, meaning wholeness, fullness, purity, hope, truth, life. I mean, all the way through your entire being. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Really? And I say to the Lord, like, for real life, God? For real life, you know, like, is this the Galactical Empire, you know, station? Is this where we're going to hunt tigers? in the? Because I think sometimes in our Christian experience, we come to places like this or conferences or even church or whatever, and we say these, like, incredible things, right? I mean, Jesus even taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm constantly, whenever I read that, and I think Jesus taught us to pray that, I want to say to Jesus, like, for real life? For real life, you want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven? I mean, you want forgiveness to reign and truth to reign and life to reign and fullness to reign? Like, you want this stuff to happen for real life? Like, we're just not five-year-olds using our imaginations here. Like, this is for real life. We do this um, outreach, this anti-human trafficking women's outreach booth at sex shows. In, in Alberta. It all started in Australia many years ago. It's a big, big, long, complicated story, but we do this now. It's kind of one of the things that we do, and we just did it in Edmonton, actually, but I did it uh, last year in Red Deer. I just did one shift. I'm like one of the worst volunteers in our ministry, by the way, and um, I did this one. <laughs> did someone amen me over there? <laughs> wow. Okay, you're fired. Wait a minute. She's a volunteer. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Uh, we're at this show in, the, in Red Deer, a taboo show. So it's a sex show. That's, it's just like a celebration of lust. It's uh, dark. It's uh, weird. You know, it's just like a bit embarrassing. It's awkward. And we have this booth that talks about human trafficking. And also we offer prayer for people because uh, we understand that hungry people go to those places, right? And that also we understand that light belongs in the darkness and all sorts of other things. And we actually believe that God's kingdom is to come in real life. And so we actually try to walk this stuff out. So we're, I'm at the sh- uh, Taboo Show, and one of the features of the show is that if you took your shirt off, if you were a woman, and you took your shirt off, they would paint your torso, airbrush your torso for free in sort of this, like, statement of liberation. And so that was weird. I called that the booby trap. <laughs> And <laughs> I'll stop there. There's a lot more, but I'll just, I don't, anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. So anyway, and so in the name of all things empowering and liberation, right? Just the lie of the enemy that says like that kind of thing is actually empowering. And so these young, you know, and by young, I mean like 20 year old uh, people were coming in uh, to the show and they were like, cool, that's cool. Taking off their shirts. So these girls were walking around without any uh, shirts on with airbrushed torsos. I'm standing at this uh, booth, and one of the girls comes up with her boyfriend or whoever, and she says, hey, aren't you that lady? Which is just evidence that I'm getting old. And also, and also, you know, I was like, what? You know what? La- you know what? She goes, I, are you that lady that spoke at YC? And I said, yeah, but I, when I turned to look at her, I didn't quite know where to look. You know, like I was like, look up, look up, look up, Danielle, like look in her eyes. You know, like I was just like, look in her eyes. But it's such beautiful, look in her eyes, you know, just, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've spoken at YC. She said, yeah, you were fantastic. And I thought to myself, evidently not so good, <laughs> right? Like, and, uh, and she said, yeah. And so then I thought, you know, in my mind, I'm sort of going, oh, wow, she must be an outreach kid, you know, or something like that. I was like, oh, did you go with a friend? <laughs> and, and she said, no, I go every year with my youth group. I love it. No hint of weirdness on her part, you know, like no, 
And anyway, so I was just like, oh, okay, wow, that's weird. You know, like maybe she's a few fries short of a Happy Meal. You know, like maybe the elevator's not quite fully serviced. Like, I don't know. And so a couple of minutes later, I'm not even, I'm not even making this up, like 20 minutes later, I'm only at the show for three hours out of the whole weekend. So I was just doing one shift just sort of to show up, to pretend like I care. And... <laughs> And we're, uh, you know, I'm there, and another girl comes up to me. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Says, hey, aren't you that lady? And I was thinking, what are they, live streaming YC and strip bars or something? Like, what? What? She says, oh, hey, I really like the story you told. She told me the story I told, and I was like, that's fantastic. Did, were you there with a friend? She said, I go every year with my youth group. May the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, body be kept blameless till the Lord Jesus comes back again. When Paul was speaking those words to the Thessalonians, he was speaking them to a culture that struggled, a kind of an enemy of Christendom was Gnosticism. And Gnosticism is kind of rooted, and Gnosticism is like the big nasty in Paul's day and age because it was a philosophy. It was a way of thinking that was rooted in opposition against Christianity, but except they didn't say they were opposing Christianity. They said Christianity was totally cool, but it was just some kind of super spiritual experience. It actually wasn't rooted in real life. That actually, your spiritual experience was fantastic. And actually, real life, you could kind of do whatever you like. So you could have sex with whoever you liked. As a matter of fact, they were like always sort of like, actually, it's probably a good thing to do with your body. You know, like just do whatever you like with your body because it doesn't matter. Because anything material and anything made of flesh does not matter because the only thing that matters is your spirit. And that's a separate part of you. And what Christianity was constantly, and this is one of the great things about Christmas, is why we celebrate Christmas so intensely, is because Jesus became flesh. Turn to somebody beside you and say, that means he came in real life. He actually became flesh, human flesh, because actually the glory and the knowledge of the power of God, it says, was seen in the face of Jesus as a human being. And the reason why it's so important that we celebrate that Jesus came in the flesh is because his kingdom business is for real life. And the big enemy of the church when it first began was this sort of Gnostic idea. It was a super spiritual thing that happens where we can go, we can leave our beds. As a matter of fact, just after the taboo show, I went to my uh, email. I was checking my email probably on the way back while I was driving. I was checking my email, but whatever. And I got this email from a Christian leader who said, ever want to leave your body? This, the email read. Do you ever just want to leave your body? They said, a new conference is coming up. You could pay for a special price for me that I could learn how to leave my body to go to heaven and not be limited by my flesh anymore. And I just thought, what on earth is going on? I mean, of course I want to leave my body. Like, you know, usually during church. But listen, (laughs) the scripture, your soul, your spirit, the spiritual part of you is in you. It's in you. Your whole spirit, soul, and body is one thing. Gnosis is this idea that your spiritual life is somehow separate from the way you treat people, from what you do for a job, from what, you know, all of these, the way, the, the thing that that's separate is, is, is a, it's not Christian thinking. It's not our theology. It's not what Jesus came to do. It's not actually what it means to be a Christian. We're not putting on a show. This is not just a spectator thing. We're not entering galactical empires to reach the far space, you know, pretend for pretend. We're not using our imaginations when we come to church. We're doing this stuff for real life. I mean, Jesus came to forgive your sins, and when you forgive your sins, actually, you should extend that forgiveness to somebody else for real life. Not just like in a bumper sticker, you know, not just like, oh, that, that would be a real good idea, except I'm going to keep this grudge and this thing, and I'm never going to forget that. You know, can you believe the church did this to me? You know, these Christians who just cannot forgive. Because I guess somehow they think forgiveness is some super super spiritual thing that doesn't actually take place in real life. But forgiveness actually is for real life. It means that actually when someone does something wrong against you, you choose to forgive them. That's for real life. That's what makes it revolutionary is that it's for real life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's, it, it, it is so key. And what, what I really wanted to talk to you about is this, this thing that the Lord's been teaching me, and actually he, he's brought me back just in this last season, probably even the last month, he's kind of brought me back to the beginning. It was fascinating during worship that uh, they sang that Jason Upton song, I Will Wait For You, because it was a, like a theme song for a ministry I started way, way, way back in the beginning. And I, you know, the Lord's just sort of been teaching me about 
what it takes to get transformation to actually happen. Like, what is it, this whole may the Lord, the God of peace, which of course is Yahweh Shalom, which is not just peace as in like everything's going to be okay. It's peace as in the presence of wholeness and justice has arrived. You know, it's that kind of peace. The God of peace, Yahweh Shalom himself, is going to come and set you apart. He, he's going to come and make you different. He's going to come in your whole spirit and your soul and your body. It's going to actually be brought into wholeness, into fullness, into, into, the, into the presence of God himself so he could transform you all the way through, the scripture says. Not just like a battle inside of you, but so that you could actually be victorious in your life, in your real life, God's kingdom come, in your relationships, in your family, in the way that you treat other people, in the way that you choose to live uh, in this world. A different way, a totally different way than the rest of the world lives. And that he'll give you power and, and help you to do that and, that. and that that's what he wants to do. And what I realize is that what happens is that it, when it comes to transformation, there's, one, there's a part of transformation that only God can do. Only God can begin a transformation process in somebody's life. Right? Only God can do that. I mean, we, we know this is true. I remember I grew up uh, total uh, in the church. I was not interested. I was five years old. I ran away from home. The police had to bring me back. You know, I bought a ticket out of town. I kid you not, stole from the offering, all that kind of stuff. I was like born to be bad. You know, my mom used to say, you are so good at so many things, Danielle, but you are especially gifted at being bad. <laughs> and it was true. It was a natural gift. And so I, and it did not matter what they did. It did not matter what my church did. It did not matter how many people sort of prayed for me. It did not matter how many times they forgave me. I was just like bent on rebellion. I was blinded by the enemy. I was hardened in my heart. I was just like bent on destruction. I went uh, into a jail cell. Jesus showed up in a jail cell. And literally, it was as though I awoke. I always describe it like this. It was like someone turned on a light. And I went, holy crap, I'm in jail. Except I edited that so you wouldn't be offended. <laughs> right? Like, I'm in jail. What, ha- what happened? Like, I awoke from a bad dream, you know, and began a process of transformation. And this is what I want to talk to you about. There is a spiritual encounter. There is something that happens. In order for transformation to happen, God has to actually, you have to have an encounter with God. There's, there's no other way it can happen. Even the hunger for change comes from God. Even the desire for a different kind of living comes from God. There's some stuff that we cannot do. It doesn't matter how many times I go out on the street. It doesn't matter how many times I show up at the taboo show. If God doesn't actually do something, if there isn't a God encounter, nothing's going to change. Right? You've got that. That's why we come to these places because we're like, I need a God encounter. And you do need a God encounter because sometimes only God can do certain things. I I brought a friend with me uh, tonight, Tannis, because I wanted to talk to you about real life. And oftentimes when I... Um, talk about some of the stuff I do, it can sound like it's not real life. But I want to tell you that it is real life. So we have a ministry that goes out on the street every night of the week. We uh, just go and we visit um, women who are sexually exploited on the streets of Edmonton. And Tannis, we met her on the street. Tannis, would you mind just telling us a little bit about your life when we first encountered you? Um, Well, when you first encountered me... um I was quite angry. I was quite upset. I was quite lost. Um, disillusioned about this world. Um, I was at a point where I no longer feared death. I actually welcomed it. Um, I was more afraid of living because I didn't know how to live. I had never lived before. Um, I, my health was failing. Um, I had abscesses in my legs so bad that they were going to amputate the legs from my, my legs from the knees down. Um, for health reasons, they told me I probably wasn't going to make it through the year. Uh, as an added bonus, the court system wanted a seven-year pen time for my fourth trafficking charge so I could continue on the circle of addiction, um, continue to slowly kill myself. And, yeah, God is good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, wait, you don't clap yet. That's not the good news. <clears throat> That was the bad news. Just wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> and can you tell me a little bit about the God encounter, the, the light, the change? Tell me a bit. Um, I think it was, it was a combination of, of a lot of things. And for sure, um, 
for sure it was uh, the love. It was for the, the people that God put in my life, his children that he put in. He used them as instruments to get through to me. Um, they showed me to love myself until I could show myself to love myself. They brought me to the word of God. They enlightened me with the word of God, not by their word, but by their actions, by what they did by continually being a presence in my life and coming out and continuing to always be there no matter what. Um, And so through that, I began seeking, began seeking God, and um, I got involved with, and this called me to be involved in things and become a a part of the community, which was really cool. Uh, I decided to go to a one-year program, um, Wellsprings at the Hope Mission. It was a Christian, ba- uh, Christian Bible-based um, treatment program for a year. And I had never known God or heard about God my whole life, actually. So this was kind of new to me. And um, what I mean, I, I was frightened. Um, change is frightening. Getting out of my comfort zone is really frightening. Being vulnerable is terrifying. Um, asking for help is paralyzing. Um, so I went and I did all these things. And God was right, right, right there. And I often think about the footprints poem because I said to him, I said, I know you're carrying me. When you let me down, let me down gently, you know. Like, <laughs> but so it was through that. And it, and it was through the Wellsprings program and through that program that God put more people in my life and people that I had actually met out on the ministry that Danielle's talking about through the Salvation Army. And it was through her that she brought me to the, over to the church at Salvation Army, and, and I started getting involved in it, and one of the, I'm a, I'm a visual person, I like, to, I like proof, I like to see things, to believe things, um, so that was probably why it's been so difficult to get through to, for me, because my eyes weren't open to any of that, my heart wasn't open to anything, I, w- I wasn't open, and once these people brought that light of God to me, and just showed with through their action, I was starting to begin to believe that there's, there is something to this, so I started praying, um, one of the first prayers I prayed for was for that obsession for the drugs and alcohol to go away, which I had prayed for for 20 years. And it would go away, and I would do the steps to go away, and I would go to a treatment center, and I could always get clean, but I could never stay clean. And it was because those thoughts, those obsessions in my head would continually be there. And so we were, you know, it was in Wall Springs. They uh, talked about prayer and the power of prayer, and I kind of being like, yeah, right, that's not going to work. Cause the lady told me, she said, she goes, just pray about it, and, and it'll work. And I said, so just pray that, ask God to get rid of this obsession that I've had for 25 years now, and it's going to go away. And she's like, yep. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like yeah, okay, well, you know what, Tannis? You're not doing anything, any, anything else really important at this time, so why don't you just try it, right, you know? So I did, and... And actually, you know, things started happening in my life, and I got busy in the program. Program is very busy, right? But it was like sometime within a couple of weeks, and it hit me. It hit me hard. It was like, hey, when did that obsession go away? When did that craving go away? I have asked for this for 25 years. There was my proof, um, and it continues in my life today, man. Don't go away. Okay, so here's the deal. It, it, there are things only God can do. We could visit uh, Tannis' street name was Pocahontas. We could visit Pocahontas every night for till Jesus comes back. And unless God brought light in the inside of her, a hunger for something different. I remember we were talking on the plane. Tannis went with me to London a little while ago. But um, we were... T- that's right that's true and we were talking on the plane i was like what was that like tell me literally about that encounter where you just went from like one day you're on the street and the next day you're like i'm going to the hospital you know like what what is it that happens in a person like even if you're here tonight you know and you're just like there's this thing that you know you're struggling with and you're having this battle inside of yourself and just because you're more christian and uh socially you know up the ladder a little bit more you hide it so you know it's not obvious for everybody to see that drives by but it's still there nonetheless and there it is inside and you're just like yeah this time i'm gonna you know i'm gonna stop it this time i'm not gonna do it this time it's some relationship that you have that you know is toxic and you're just like yeah 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 i'm gonna totally over him this time you know and then boom monday comes you know resurgence is like yes 
yes, I'm free. And then Monday you're like texting the guy, you know, 25 times, whatever it is. Like we all, you know, there's, there's, and what is it exactly that happens in those moments where even the hunger, you, you actually begin to hunger change, right? You, be, you actually begin to hunger transformation. Like that's God, isn't it? That, that is something only God can do that create. And oftentimes I even say to people, like if you're, you have an area in your life that you know is wrong, that's off, that's not in real life. You know, you have this super spiritual life, woohoo, but your spirit, your soul, your body isn't all in alignment and that you're actually doing some stuff and you're thinking some stuff and your thoughts are toxic and your relationships are toxic. And you're just like, what the heck? Like you actually could begin to pray and ask God to actually give you a hunger to live a different way. Like that's actually sometimes where it starts is actually to ask God to give you what you don't have in order to change your behavior. That that's a miracle, that that's something that God can do on the inside of you who knit you together as this desire for you to be holy in every way of your life, that God can do this. The scripture says, I'm so glad he put that verse in there at the end, that God can do this because he's faithful to do what he promised to do, that this isn't all up to you. This isn't something that only you can do, but that's not just it. The thing is, is that God, we have God encounters all the time on the street and in ministry and at conferences and in churches. We have God encounters all the time where God does what only God can do. God always will show up. God will always do that. God's always bringing light into the darkness. That's what he's come to do. I mean, literally, this is his mission on the earth. God always is loving people who don't feel love. God always is opening eyes of the blind all over the place, even in your own life. He's always going to do that. He's always going to show up. But listen to this. We've got tons of people that God has given light to on the street and a desire to go to treatment. And then uh, just even this uh, last couple months over the summer, a bunch of them actually are back on the street. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about. Because what's the difference? Why is Tan- so Tannis is three and a half year- three years now. She's been clean and uh, sober and being transformed. And uh, more and more every day, she's being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Jesus is working on her uh, and using her very powerfully as a witness. But listen, what, what is the difference between Tannis's life and somebody else's life? Both of them had the God Both of them had God encounters. Both of them had God showing up. I mean, you know, God doesn't not show up. He shows up every time, every single time. God shows up as light, as love, as evidence of his. So what is the difference in Tannis's life? And this is what we were talking about. This is what I want to talk to you about. Is that God encounters. Yes, yes, yes. Signs and wonders. Yes, please. Miracles. I'd like some more. You know, like, yes. Do we seek after God and all of his glory? Yes, of course. Like, do we want his glory to fill the temple? Yes, of course. Way more than we want more dry smoke. That's for sure. But listen, (laughs) there's another part of transformation. There's another part of transformation. And that part is a process. And the early Christians were called, actually called followers of the way. I want you to turn us on beside you and say, there's a way. (laughs) Okay. And in the scriptures, it talks about a pattern. Actually, it, it actually literally the word transformation and process often is used as pattern in the scriptures. That there's a pattern to follow. That Jesus is literally a pattern of what it means to be truly human. There's a way, actually, the process of which. And one of the things I was talking to Tannis about, and what I want I want to sh- I want her to share with you, if, if she uh, can and will, <laughs> is um, tell us about the process. Tell me about what you did to get to where you are right now. Uh, first of all, I did a lot of praying, <laughs> um, and I got a lot of answer prayers. Um, that was huge. Um, I prayed for, I mean, I, I'm i not satisfied with just one. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to ask for a prayer. You need to show me proof, and you show me that proof, and I'm, like, stubborn. I, like, I need that proof continually and until it gets embedded in me, which it is, you know, and now, but... I mean, my second prayer was to quit smoking. I quit. I, I prayed about it that morning. I quit smoking. Uh, so, you know. Um, Tell me about how you quit smoking. How I quit smoking? Yeah. Uh, well, I prayed. But I was just. I, I went to go make my amends to the court system. I was in the Wellsprings program. I was, as I said, I was looking at a seven-year pen bit. Um, uh, I took. Um, scripture Isaiah 2:12 from sister Mary and I wrote it and I stuffed it in my bra and I took it with me and I prayed about it and you guys writing this down <laughs> put some put some sage in my shoe um and and off I went and and I prayed about it and when I went in there she said okay you know what you're in this program you're trying to do something to change your life um we're going to give you a chance here if 
you know, we're, we're going to give you a break here. Um, you can go to this program, and, and they can be your, your guide, your mentors. Um, and if you finish that program and stuff, we're going to give you a community, a community two-year, less-a-day sentence. Um, and that's up to you from, not, from here on in. And uh, I went and did that. And um, as I came out of the courtroom, I was so overwhelmed. I wanted a cigarette so freaking badly. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was willing to go back into jail for that smoke. <laughs> Even just gotten away. I mean, that's the insanity of, of where I was at at the time. And uh, so I just prayed about it. Because one of the ladies at the center, one of the facilitators, Joanne, told me she goes, she had a 30-year uh, smoking habit of three packs of smokes a day. And she said, um, I said, well, how'd you quit? I said, what'd you use? She says, I used prayer. And I went, <laughs> Again, as if. So I thought, well, hey, that worked with my obsession. Let's try it here. And uh, I haven't smoked for over two and a half years. Um, that was the last smoke I had. But, yeah. You know, I overheard Tannis tell somebody else who was struggling with smoking. And she said, and this is a classic uh, example, is that she said, I prayed and then I decided I wouldn't have that smoke. I didn't decide I was never going to smoke again. I just, I prayed, and then I decided I wouldn't have that smoke. Right. Now, I, I, want, I want you to pay attention. That's called process. That's a pattern. That's a way of living. That's a new way of behaving. That's called learning new behaviors. That's, that's not like deciding, you know, dun dun spiritual fairy dust has come upon you, and I'll never smoke again. That's like spiritual power has come upon you because the Lord's going to do his part. And now what's your part? What is the pattern? What is the way? What does a follower of the way means? It means there's a way to walk. There's a way to actually disciple. It means there's a way to change your behavior. It means there's a process. There's a way. Now, one of the things Tana's always, almost always has with her is a notebook and a pen. I've never met anyone who writes more stuff down. Right? She's just like, oh, that's a good one. I'm writing that one down. I'm going to pray about it later. Right? There's a pattern. There's a process to her discipleship treatment center. When she's doing her, uh, uh, her steps, she wasn't just doing her steps. She was working her steps, learning a new way, deciding a new way to live. There was a process to what it is that Tannis is doing. Do you understand? Thank you, Tannis. Can we pray for you quick? Wait, Wait I... yeah, please. This is just, I, I just wanted to share that continued part in in what Danielle was talking about and doing it and it's it's really important for me to to just share that part is she was talking about the process and that but it's really about giving it back I was given this freedom this salvation this gift from others from people around me and I could just keep it and just go on living my life you know and and just continue the this this freedom that I have or I can get an even bigger freedom by giving it away, um, you know, and, and that's what it's about. Um, God has blessed me. He's got crazy mad flavor, i got to tell you, and he's in my life, and, and he has not transformed me, but transformed me to the point where now I, I have a choice, another choice. I can take that, and I can impact somebody else's life with that and change other lives with that, and that was the that's that's the whole gift and i get to do that now I, everything that i took from out there when i was using i give back to you now and more um and he's given me that gift and and i just i you know i'm i'm so grateful to to be here and to be able to share and if you told me like three years ago i was going to be here let's <laughs> say yeah <laughs> no you got to be drinking or something because <laughs> i mean this is how god is so good and how he transforms and 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 just you know it takes it takes you it takes all of you, just as individuals, to say hi and smile at someone, give somebody a hand up when they're on the street. So, you know, for Danielle to take me all the way to London, like, how cool. Okay, let's pray for Tannis, eh? Um, yeah, so Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for the work that you do. We just say you are good. And the work that you did when you formed Tannis in her mother's womb, making every part of her unique and beautiful, knitting her together into a beautiful, beautiful baby, a beautiful child. Thank you for all the gifts inherent in her, even as a little, little baby. Thanks for waking her up later on in life after she had fallen asleep. Thank you, God, for waking her up to the newness of your life, of life in you. Thank you for the hunger and thirst that you've put in her for righteousness. We just pray that you would increase, increase her hunger and thirst for more and more of you, increase her humility and dependency on you, 
increase her ability to communicate, increase just the power of the truth, increase just the protection around her. We just ask God even for more angels to be dispatched to protect her on all sides. We ask for your fire to come, consume the enemy that would try to devour her still. We trust you. Thank you that your work is good. I pray that you would uh, continue to strengthen Tannis from the inside out, strengthen her resolve, strengthen her steps, show her the way to walk, and give her grace to walk it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So here's what I want to do. I just I want to call you to live a holy life for real. I want to call you to live this life for real. Uh, I want to call you to punch Gnosticism in the head. You know how you know we live in a Gnostic world where people say, uh, you know, what you give to the Lord is none of my business. Who I want to see on my time is none of your business. Right? What I want to do with my body, that's my business, none of your business. We we live these disconnected, super spiritual lives. We come to church for a spiritual lesson. We come to resurgence for a spiritual experience, but we forget that actually our whole spirit, soul, and body is what God's after. All of you. Every part of you. All the way through. He's after every single part. Every toxic thought that you have in your mind. Every circular. You struggle with anxiety and fear in your thoughts or toxic relationships or things that you know. Hidden sins on the inside that keep you quiet when you should be speaking. The selfish behavior that keeps you taking when you should be giving. All of these things that God actually wants to bring into alignment. And what I want to say is it will need a God encounter. No doubt about it. No one can do this work apart from God. It will need a God encounter, and that might be what you need tonight is to say, okay, God, I'm going to need you to take the obsession away. I'm going to need you to give me resolve on that relationship. I'm going to need you to stop these toxic thoughts. I'm going to need your help to even give me a hunger and a desire for righteousness because I couldn't even care right now. I'm going to need you to actually do some stuff for me. Like you're going to actually have to come through on your part, but then here's the next deal is you're going to have to actually walk in this way. You're going to actually have to learn how to walk out what it means to follow Jesus. You're going to actually have to follow his example. You're going to actually have to be tested. You're going to actually have to figure out what it means to actually live like Jesus in the world. You know, when Jesus launched his ministry, the scripture says the spirit led him directly to the wilderness. (laughs) What? Who starts their ministry like that? It's ridiculous. I think I'll start with like the devil. You know, like who does that? It's crazy. But that's because the Jesus way is completely different from the world's way. It's completely different. And discerning what that is and following Jesus in that way to actually, you know, to actually follow Jesus for real life means something. I was just talking to a friend of mine who's trying to think about discernment and stuff. And I was remembering this guy, Jonathan Evans. He's one of the fiercest warriors I know right now for the army of God. He's phenomenal. He led a thing called the War College, which we started. And years and years ago, he had been offered, he's a graduate from university and all these sort of amazing gifts, you know, and he'd been offered all these incredible jobs. And the Lord spoke to him in his devotions and said, I want you to go to the war college, to the downtown east side of Vancouver. I want you to pay them $6,000 so you can live in a crack house and learn how to love the poor. (laughs) And he was like, but they're offering me $60,000 in a free house over in this place to, to look after young people. I mean, this is like, this is what I've been trained to do. This is like a dream come true. This is ministry. And the Lord said, have it your way, do what you like. And Jonathan said the wrestle began in his spirit where he wrestled with the Lord and said, but this is what my parents want me to do. This is what the world would want me to do. This is what success looks like. This is what, you know, this is what all of it is. This is where it is. Ta-da! I could make money and love the, you know, like I could do all that. Or I could pay $6,000 to live in a crack house and love the poor, you know. And he just decided in his heart and hit with his wife, they just decided. They said, like, that's it. We're doing what God says. We're going to learn the way of Christ. Now, that's not always, I'm not saying that because that's the only way. And all of you are going to be like, well, I'm not paying 6,000 bucks to live in. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a way. There's a pattern of faith. There's a way to walk in. There's a way of discipleship. There's a process to this that requires your participation. If your whole spirit, soul, and body is going to be kept blameless, is going to be brought into wholeness, is going to be brought into fullness, what it's going to mean is that there's some way for you to walk. There's some way for you to live. There's a way that you need to learn to listen to Jesus and then fiercely do what he says. 
And that that thing together, and then another spiritual experience, and then there's going to be some more pattern and some more way, and then there's going to be another spiritual experience where God does what only God can do, and then there's going to be a whole bunch of training where you do what you can do as you partner with God in the fullness of Christ being formed in you. There's a process for that. It's not fairy dust. We've been watching way too much Disney. And we've not been reading enough of our Bibles because there's a process in this. And Paul talks about, I was trying to find a, a, a specific scripture from and I just wanted to read all the epistles to you. Because almost every single thing Paul says is, we will not give up, but we will struggle with our flesh until Christ is fully formed in us, he says. We will follow the pattern of Christ. He says, I'm suffering, don't despise me. As a matter of fact, suffer with me. Because as we suffer, Christ is teaching us the way to follow. He is teaching me. And then as he's learning this, Paul, he says to everybody, follow me, because I'm following Jesus. You know, off we go to prison again. You know, like he's following like a different way. And he's constantly saying to his disciples, like, don't despise me don't think I'm foolish. Don't do this, but I'm doing things a different way. It's called a Jesus way. And it's in the exact opposite direction as dominant culture. I kid you not. It is not comfortable. It is not easy. It is not clever. It is not wise in the ways of the world. It is foolish in the ways of the world. I can tell you this based on a conversation I had with Jonathan's mom (laughs) when he decided to come to the war college and pay me 6,000 bucks to live in a crack house. His mother called me right away. What are you doing? She said, you're, you're ruining my son's life. I said, he is in. That guy's in. He's accepted. I haven't even read his application yet, but he's in with a mom like you. <laughs> he's in. Every parent that phoned a complaint, I'm like, your kid's in. Done. <laughs> Done like dinner. <laughs> he's learning a different way. You understand? He's one of the most seasoned. He is one of the most obedient servants of God. He is fearless. Whatever God tells him to do, he does. He has an extended family. He's got his own whole brood of children. Uh, his little girl's named JL. Hello. I gave her a little tent peg for her birthday, but anyway, um, (laughs) he's got like warrior children, but not only that, he has this extended family of transformed people. He's got like a 15 year old kid named Donnie sold himself on the streets, you know, for, for crack cocaine and for a place to live. And he brought him into his family and loved him. And Donnie got saved and healed and he lives a whole life. He testified before a, a Canadian court to, to change the law in Canada, the age of consent. He changed the law. He's living right now, married to a beautiful girl with his own family. I mean, he is living signs and wonders out in real life because God can do what God can do. And Jonathan will do what he can do. And together, that process is called living the way. And that's how your whole spirit, soul, and body is actually brought into wholeness and brought into... But there is a process to this. And I wanted to call some of you tonight to a God encounter. And I wanted to call some of you tonight to a process. As a matter of fact, I want to call everybody to the same thing. A God encounter where you say, God, I am believing for you to do what you can do. It is not too hard and it is not too late. You can ask Tannis about that. But I'm also calling you to a different way of living your whole life. I'm also calling you to partner with Jesus who offers you a different way to live, a different way to think, a different way to use your money, a different way to entertain yourself, a completely different way to posture your life so that God could actually come the way that he promised in real life. That's what I'm calling you to. That's a harder call. But it is the original one. It is the original one. Jesus never ever came and said, Guys, we're going to get rich. I'm going to build a fancy temple with an awesome sound system and I'm going to need some people to employ. He said, guys, I'm, I've got this way of life that's going to change the world for real life. And it, it's going to cost you ease and comfort and future and security. It's going to cost you everything. As a matter of fact, your family is going to think you've lost your mind. Your employers will toss you. You're done. I mean, this is going to... Anyone want to come? <laughs> and those crazy disciples said Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, we do. And eventually you see those same disciples celebrating when they're beaten 
You ever do that? You ever celebrate when you've been beaten? This happened in the war college. We were ticked off that we were never persecuted. We were like, we must not be following Jesus right. And I always remember this one student came running into our class one day and she goes, I got slapped. <laughs> and everyone's like, woohoo. We're just like, oh, she got slapped. You know, and I was just like, I hope no one's listening to this conversation. You know, like that does not understand what God's bringing us through, you know. <laughs> There's a way to walk and the Lord asks us to walk in it. So, God, I just, I pray right now, Lord, that you would give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and justice. You know, would you please give us a hunger and a thirst for your kingdom to come? Would you show us what that looks like for real life? I mean, we long for visions of heaven. We long for what it is that you want to do in the supernatural. But we would really love for the supernatural to be rooted and established in our lives. We would just love it if you would come for real life. And so I bring my friends tonight, and me too, we bring our, our, our whole spirit, soul, and body. And we just, we just say, we just confess to you right now that often we're disjointed. Often what we believe is not actually what we live. We just confess right now that we, we're hypocrites on so many levels, even sometimes in the way we think and the way we don't give when we should and what we all that kind of stuff that is not new to the human condition. We come to you as human. We ask that you would do what only you can do, that you would awaken us. that you would awaken us to freedom, that you would awaken us to your kingdom come in our lives, that you would awaken us, the sleepy part of us, our spiritual slumber, that you would awaken us, that you would start in us a thirst that only you can start, a thirst for living water. God, would you do that? And then would you show us the way to walk? And I, I pray that you would give us a resolve, a holy resolve in this culture that is so toxic to our souls. That you would give us a resolve to walk a different way. That we would hear you calling us for this day into wholeness, into fullness, into freedom, into discipleship. I pray that you would do this because you love us because you love us because of your grace because it's your plan and just as we pray I'm going to invite you to come for a God encounter yes for God to do what only God can do and you know what that is that you need you know what that is in your heart, you know what that is in your mind, you know, whatever it is, whatever the Lord has quickened to you, whatever it is, just even where you're just like, I wish I even longed for that, that you would come for a God encounter, that God would start to make you long for what it is he desires for you, that you would ask him, God, would you do what only you can do on the inside of me? And then I want to ask you, as you have that God encounter, because this is what I know with certainty, you will have a God encounter. It's not like if God will come. He's here. He has come. I mean, his glory, the knowledge and the power and the glory of God is found in the face of Jesus, who has come. He's here. You will have a God encounter. There's no question in my mind at all. You will have a God encounter. God is encountering us all the time. But what I'm going to ask you to pray is not just to have a God encounter, but to have a, a human one, too to have an encounter with your whole self for real life, to come into the fullness of what God has called you to be, to decide to walk in wholeness, to decide to say, God, I want to learn that way. I want to walk in your way. Would you show me for today, just for today, what this looks like for me today? What does it look like for me to follow Jesus today? What is the pattern of Jesus in my life for today? What is it that Jesus is asking me to do today? Would I walk that out? this day? Would I start this day like that? Would I start tomorrow morning and say, okay, Jesus, my first thought today, what's the way for me today? What is the way for me to follow today? That your whole spirit, soul, and body, Yahweh Shalom, that you would be brought into the wholeness and fullness of Christ, that he would make you holy in every possible way. And only God can do this, and he will, because he loves you and delights in you.
for your God encounter, for what he wants you to encounter of him tonight, where it is that you need him, where it is that you want him, that he would do what only he can do, healing, freedom in your mind, freedom from depression. We had a prophetic word earlier that people are struggling with depression and anxiety, that God, we would just say, God, please, would you, would you do what only you can do? Would you bring peace to my mind? Would you bring shalom to my body? Some of you here, eating disorders, all sorts of things that God needs to heal you of. The desire to hurt yourself. Some of you struggling with self-harm. Toxic relationships already covered. Whatever that is, that you would come and say, God, would you do what only you can do? I promise you he will. He'll do his part. And then ask him, just show me the way, God. What's the way today? What's the way to walk today? What's the work I do today? What's the way to partner with you this day? I just, I feel like if there's some people here struggling with addiction, um, if you when, you, when you respond to the Lord, if God's sort of going like, hey, you could be free, and you're, maybe it's, it's not even public, your addiction, maybe it's private, but you need to be set free. I just want to encourage you to come over here. I'm going to get Tannis to pray for you guys, because I, I believe the Lord has given her an authority because of her own God encounter and victory over addiction an authority to pray and to impart that encounter to you. So if you're struggling with addiction, can you come over here and Tannis will pray for you specifically uh, for deliverance from addiction.